The Innovate 608 podcast is brought to you by Starting Block Madison and sponsored by the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com, and the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact. The Institute invests in visionary entrepreneurs who are building scalable social enterprises, offering economic opportunity for all, healthy youth development, learning, and academic achievement, and resilient communities. From the Starting Block Madison studio in the beautiful Capital East neighborhood of downtown Madison, Wisconsin, this is the Innovate 608 podcast, and I am your host, Nora Rowan-Schmidt. You're listening to the Innovate 608 podcast coming to you from Starting Block Madison. Thank you to our sponsors, the American Family Institute and Madison.com. Today in the studio, we have Tom Still. Hi, Tom. Thanks for being here. Hi, Nora. Pleased to be here. This is this is thrilling to be in, here in Starting Block inside this wonderful building and operation you have going. It's so great just to, to be in person and to to meet you officially for the very first time. I've read your column for many years prior to being in this position, so it's such an honor to have you here today. Oh, well, just very thrilled. So tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your role with the Tech Council. Well, I'm, uh, I'm president of the Tech Council, and uh, we're an independent nonprofit. Uh, came out of the box exactly 20 years ago, 2001. Uh, we were the product of a lot of things over time. I mean, I think there was a movement in Wisconsin right around then that was came out of the Wisconsin Economic Summits that Wisconsin needed to do some things that it wasn't doing all that well at the time. Uh, then Governor Tommy Thompson uh, was uh, supportive of efforts that came out of the summit and, and the notion that Yes, we need to do a better job around tech development. We need to do a better job around entrepreneurship. Um, we are probably, as a state, not fully connecting all the different pieces that were out there at the time. And so out of that came the, came the Tech Council. It was, uh, um, I actually moderated all four of those summits, uh, early, late 1990s, early 2000s. And, uh, they were really instructive, but, but we came out of that. So what we do now is a combination of policy, communications, networking, and in particular, working the investment sector. So tell me about the, the entrepreneurs that you serve. What are some of the things that you can offer to entrepreneurs or entre- entrepreneurial support organizations? Yeah, we have, we're able to offer a range of things. Um, for example, the governor's business plan contest. We first did that in 2004, and that's been a staple ever since. It's uh, it's been really gratifying to watch the strong young companies that came out of that, and the and the amount of participation. Um, we uh, offer the Wisconsin Early Stage Symposium, which actually goes back in history in Madison. It was once called the Madison Venture Fair, and uh, we took it over early 2000s and have been uh, you know, hosting that ever since, but it's a matchmaking event for investors and young companies. Our tech summit, Wisconsin Tech Summit, which we often do northeast, like Green Bay area, is uh, also a matchmaking event, but big companies and emerging companies uh, with some very specific uh, meetings. Uh, our entrepreneurs conference is where the business plan contest culminates. Uh, we do monthly meetings in all kinds of places, uh, not only in Madison, but around the state. Uh, we recently finished up a two-week tour 
where we were talking about our Wisconsin portfolio, which is uh, an annual report we do on the state of early stage investing in Wisconsin. So we went to six different cities around the state. Um, and I think at the heart, we try to talk about Wisconsin, both an internal audience and an external audience about the great things that we have here and highlight some, some really good stories. I mean, and, and this is exactly what you're doing with this podcast. Um, and uh, also make connections. Uh, oftentimes, investors and entrepreneurs don't necessarily meet up. Sometimes the entrepreneurs and major companies don't meet up. They might be even the same sector, but they don't necessarily get together. So that's another major role we play. And finally, uh, public policy. We do some things to work with the Wisconsin legislature, uh, state agencies, uh, and also at the federal level, uh, we have an affiliate uh, affiliation with the Tech Councils of North America, which is a larger group. And so we spend, spend some time on some of those kinds of issues as well. So over time, we've, we feel like we've had some good policy accomplishments in, in Wisconsin. Republican governors, Democratic governors, Republican legislatures, Democratic legislatures. It, at the end of the day, we like to think of them all as being a part of the tech and entrepreneurship party. Right. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about you and your journey into this role. Um, what are some other things that you've done and how did you get to where you are? Um, I really had what essentially boils down to two careers, I think. Um, tech Council, since I, I uh, was, uh, became president of that in 2002. Uh, prior to that, I was in journalism uh, for a, a, a lot of years and uh, uh, was associate editor at the Wisconsin State Journal as my final role there. I literally held about eight or nine different jobs while I was there, different beats, different editing jobs, all the kinds of things that, you know, kind of put you through the crucible of journalism. Uh, and where I started to make the movement into this direction was I really became interested in writing about technology and entrepreneurship. Uh, as I noted earlier, I uh, moderated those Wisconsin Economic Summits and, and always always enjoyed public policy in that, that uh that intersection of public policy, technology, and business. And so I, when I was at the Wisconsin State Journal, uh, I was also in charge of what I later come to learn were entrepreneurial projects. Uh, I didn't know the word at the time. <laughs> but, but it meant things that the larger organization was doing to push the envelope in journalism. Uh, for example, uh, co-founded the We the People Wisconsin programming. Um, actually did it, uh, one of the early cable uh, programs for newspapers was, was through there, uh, some variety of other things. And so, so over time, I was leaning a little more in that direction and also onto on the business side of things. So it, it was a journey that I think really covered several decades of, of work before, you know, getting here. Was there a particular moment or something that was especially inspiring during the time that you were covering uh, entrepreneurs or tech that that became your aha moment? I think um, taking part in those summits, which, by the way, was an intersection between business, uh, the UW, and, and state government, big crowds. I thought those were uh, instrumental to a lot of things in Wisconsin. Uh, I would say... 
the rise of stem cell research in Madison, and I had a fascination about how that was going. I think that was uh, really uh, one of those eye-opening moments uh, for me. I could, I could tell that uh, Madison was on its way to being a stronger tech town. Uh, even long before that, uh, I remember as a young reporter covering basically the birth of University Research Park and the notion of how that came together with public and private interests and, and a vision about where Madison could be and, and, and in fact, where it is today. Uh, so I think those kinds of things taken together really helped a lot. That and just, I, I really came to enjoy the project side and the business side and journalism and uh, just you know began to gravitate more in that direction. Every day at Starting Block, we encounter some really inspiring and innovative entrepreneurs. Tech, social impact. Is there anyone that you have encountered, either as a journalist or through the Tech Council, who you find to be especially inspiring or innovative? You know, one way for me to think about that is, <laughs> in a sense, all of them, because they they uh, take on so many things. Uh, they're, they're a part of what the economist Joseph Schumpeter called creative destruction. You know, the notion of pushing the economy from the bottom up with new ideas, new products, new systems, and that in turn pushes out some things that don't work as well anymore. And so entrepreneurs and young companies are, are right around that. You know, I mentioned earlier the notion of stem cell research and some of that, that was a signature kind of piece for, for Wisconsin, uh, especially back in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, you know, just going on some recent memory, uh, we had uh, four category winners in this year's Governor's Business Plan Contest that were uh, really outstanding. Uh, Atrility Medical was one, E-Court Reporters uh, out of Burlington, Wisconsin, Atrility's out of Madison, uh, Smartwell out of Fond du Lac, uh, and Nurse Disrupted out of Fitchburg. So, you know, some geographic spread there too. I'm always excited to see that new crop of entrepreneurs coming, coming up because they're, they're part of that creative destruction piece. They're pushing from below and uh, they're doing some great things. You know, uh, recently I have become a little more familiar and this is not a startup company per se, but the USONA Institute in uh, Fitchburg had a little bit of a push from uh, Promega early on, but now they're a standalone company with about 25 employees and uh, doing some great work around silo seven uh, research. You know, the, the, the notion of using what, you know, was most people would call, and it is a psychedelic drug uh, to do things like treating PTSD and depression and other types of mental, mental disorders. So that's exciting because it's, you know, one of those things that had been latent for a number of decades, but now is moving. Tell me a little bit about your experience over the last 15 months. How has COVID changed some of the ways that the Tech Council reaches entrepreneurs and people in the general public and legislators? And also, have you seen um, any evidence of enhanced entrepreneurship and creativity due to the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I want to give great credit to our staff and board, which, um, you know, recognized that we had to do what all good entrepreneurs do anyway, which is pivot. 
because once upon a time, we were a start of our organization ourselves, right? So um, we, we made sure we went to some virtual platforms right away for our different events. For example, I remember our last live event was uh, mid-March in Milwaukee. And on the way over, we were having discussions about, oh, there's this thing called COVID. Uh, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? And so we had uh, literally that coming Monday would have been our tech summit at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Totally live event with live meetings. We pivoted over that weekend and made that a virtual event. Uh, and, it, and it went surprisingly well with that, that kind of time. So that's, that's uh, one thing we did over time. I think we have, uh, you know, digitally uh, and other ways stayed in contact with policymakers, uh, with our, you know, with our members, our sponsors, others who were out there. And by and large, many of them had to do the exact same thing. Uh, but so that, that was uh, an interesting time. And uh, we're still in it partially, it seems like, but we're also trying to do more things now that are, that are live or, or, you know, or going to be, I mean, in person, almost all of these were live. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, was a, it was an experience that I think uh, positions us well for whatever comes next. We, we figured out how to do it, and, and if we have to do it again, and I hope we don't, um, you know, we can do so. We started to receive at Starting Block quite a few phone calls and emails and just general reach outs from entrepreneurs who had great ideas and, you know, as a result of being yep. laid off, losing their jobs. Did you see yes. um, some more people contacting about grants and funds and resources? What, what were some of the things that you were hearing from entrepreneurs in the state? Yeah, some tangible pieces that I can point to. Um, 2020, surprisingly, was a bigger investment year in Wisconsin than 2019, despite COVID, in terms of dollars that were invested in Wisconsin companies. You know, there was a lot of uh, gloom and doom forecasts early on, and, uh, but it, it turned around. And so entrepreneurs who learned how to approach investors, investors who learned different ways to maybe do their business, uh, it, it came together a little bit. There were, yes, there were people who lost jobs, I mean, undoubtedly, who then began to think about entrepreneurism. And we saw that in our uh, governor's business plan contest this year with an uptake in entries. Uh, we were also uh, really proud to assist the WDC, the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, in the uh, We're All Innovating contest, which uh, uh, laid out $3 million in and prizes, merit-based prizes for uh, companies that uh, had some great ideas about how to be an entrepreneur in this time. And um, uh, it was really gratifying to see the number of entries and the number of really strong entries. So um, I think uh, for people who perhaps were, maybe had thought about being an entrepreneur in the past, but hadn't really had that push, maybe, uh, maybe COVID had that uh, inadvertent push What are some of the things that really excite you about entrepreneurship in the state right now? Um, you know, whether it's uh, new types of programming, new partnerships, new resources, what are some things that entrepreneurs really have to look forward to? 
I think in general, I really um, like the, the growth and the overall infrastructure in Wisconsin. Uh, when the Tech Council started, there weren't a lot of other organizations out there that you know were doing similar things at that time. And uh, it's uh, hopefully a, a, a bit of the sign of our success that there are many more. You know, starting block is still relatively new, right? For example, uh, there are a lot of great organizations who are who are helping in so many ways, and not just in the two biggest cities. Um, Wisconsin's basically a, a state of mid-sized cities when you think about it. Uh, beyond Madison and Milwaukee, most of the others are going to be, you know, 100,000 or below, 50 to 100,000. Uh, we're seeing great signs of activity there uh, with, with entrepreneurs and, in some cases, investors. When we started what was called the Wisconsin Angel Network in 2005, there were literally about six investor groups in the state. And most of them didn't know one another. And today there are more than 40. And uh, of all types, you know, whether it's corporate, angel funds, angel networks, venture capitalists, uh, and one of our roles is to try to keep that networked and so that they can talk with one another and share deal flow and syndicate when possible. Uh, so I'm excited about uh, out-of-state investors who are taking a look at the state uh, and in 2020, there were 31 separate deals that we were able to track, uh, and we do a lot to track them, that involve 55 out-of-state investors, sometimes the same investors in multiple deals. Uh, but that wasn't the case before. Uh, I think on every campus in Wisconsin, or almost every campus, there are entrepreneurial programs now. That was not there you know, 15, 20 years ago. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, uh, it, there's a lot going on that, that makes me really enthusiastic about the future. Tell me a little bit about, um, and I don't know that the Tech Council necessarily has a, a position on this, so I can change my phrasing if necessary, but Governor Evers proposed the fund of funds as part of his budget. It was something that Starting Block was very enthusiastic about. I know many were very enthusiastic. Do you know what the status of that is at this time? And can we look forward to that in the future? Yeah, and you know, going back over a couple of cycles, the notion of a larger fund of funds has been in our white papers, Tech Council white papers, um, at least since 2017, and probably in other forms at least since 2012. So we are big fans of it. We were glad to see that the governor embraced it and saw the possibility for how, how they could work and how it has worked in other states. You know, when I think about states like Michigan and Indiana, um, they have done similar things and they're, they're seeing some success. Um, the, the legislature chose not to, um, so, so get back to your question, yes, we did have a position and we were very much for it. Uh, and, and in fact, out of that, we created what was called the Wisconsin Fund Coalition. I was proud to see that Starting Block was a part of that. And so we just wanted to really bring that message home to the legislature. At the end, it was one of the last things that was remaining on the table, but uh, they, the legislature chose not to include it in the budget this time around. However, uh, we think the possibility of a separate piece of legislation uh, is out there. Uh, you know, just some recent news, uh, 
the, the Legislative Fiscal Bureau is predicting a $1.7 billion, um, uh, I, hate, I hate to call it a surplus, surplus but ending balance uh, for June 30th of 2023, which is this biennium. Well, I know, you know, a nice spot for some of the use of those sure. dollars. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we, we found that there was actually pretty good bipartisan support for that. Uh, and so maybe it can be revived as a separate piece of legislation. So for those who aren't super familiar with the fund of funds, mm -hmm. can you just briefly describe why that would be so impactful for entrepreneurs and people interested in entrepreneurship? Let me start with the example of the state of Michigan, which has done a couple of different versions of this along the way. Uh, for the last year, uh, I believe it was actually 2020, because of those kinds of efforts, Michigan over time has been able to to attract venture firms from other states that want to be there. Uh, they have, and those firms have actually planted flags in different places in Michigan. And it's reached the point that on a uh, percentage basis, Michigan is the fastest growing venture capital state in the country. That's where we can be. That's where, you know, there's been some good efforts, past efforts in Wisconsin. So I don't want to make it sound like we haven't done anything before. The qualified new business venture tax credits, uh, the Badger Fund of Funds, those are all good steps. But it's time to take that next step. And, and where that can be valuable is if that same number that Governor Evers proposed, 100 million in state investments, one-time investment, is made, it will attract twice that in private dollars, and along with it, national attention. We have a bit of a momentum right now around attracting outside investors. This would help really put that on steroids and move it ahead that much quicker. So uh, for entrepreneurs who are here, especially those who might get an early round, but then they find themselves stalling out in the you know, two, three, five million dollar range, which is often the case. This can help bring in some of those extra dollars from elsewhere to put to be put to work in Wisconsin. The the main audience for our podcast and the reason that we created this podcast is so that entrepreneurs that are creating their next app as a side hustle or something and have a, a more nine to five schedule or even a second shift schedule are able to get advice from people that are doing the work um, and hear some real live stories about um, true challenges and successes in entrepreneurship as well as resources and they can do this while they're working out or when they finally have that moment to themselves. For the entrepreneurs that are listening, in your opinion, because you've been working in entrepreneurship for a long time, what are three things that are the best resources that you can think of in the state for aspiring entrepreneurs? And it could be financial, it could be networking, it could be whatever you feel are, are three of the best things for them to focus on. I think I would start with some general class of resources. Um, I think the private investors, the angels, the VCs in Wisconsin are really good resources. Not only do they put money into deals, obviously, 
and not every deal, in fact, nothing close to every deal, but they provide advice often about, you know, this isn't right for me, but you should be over here talking to Joe or Jane. Um, they take word positions. They work with these young companies. They, they're, they're a very active part of the ecosystem. So the investors are not just sources of money. They are sources of advice. I would say that the uh, overall, the higher education framework in Wisconsin is an important resource. You know, you don't have to be a student at UW-Madison or UW-Milwaukee or wherever to take advantage of some of the resources that are offered through those kinds of campuses. Um, and again, entrepreneurism programs were pretty rare going back. I, there were one in Madison and one in Marquette, and that was kind of it for a long time, but now they're kind of everywhere. Uh, and more and more of those campuses, whether public or private, are thinking about ways they can work with private business. Uh, third, I think the infrastructure in general, and we discussed that a little bit, I think you know, from what the Tech Council does, uh, I think you know, people should learn a little more about what's going on through our investor networks and the kind of resources that are, that are available there. I think there are great resources like right here at Starting Block where people can do all kinds of things to help advance their companies, and they're in a they're in an environment that's collaborative and very, I think, helpful that way. Uh, and and there's some others around the state. I uh, it's a, it's a it's, you know it's fortunately a lot longer list than it was 20 years ago. But you know, in general, my advice to entrepreneurs is at times you got to pull your head off the desk or off the lab bench and network and figure out what these resources are. Um, if, if today's entrepreneurs saw what was around 15, 20 years ago, they would see that today is kind of an, almost an embarrassment of riches in terms of resources. There's, there's a lot out there. Um, and you know, not every entrepreneur is um, necessarily good at that, at networking. Uh, and if they're not, maybe they should find a partner who is, because, you know, as a company grows, there are going to be different skill sets, and finding somebody who's more comfortable doing that, more at home at doing that, is important. So I think Wisconsin right now has a, really a wealth of resources that are available if people are willing to take the time to do so. Have you ever had a, a mentor or someone who offered you some really valuable advice? And if so, who is that person and what was what's the advice? Well, let's see. It's probably a pretty long list because I'm the kind of person who needs a lot of advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, as I think about it, um, you know, I'll start even with uh, in my newspaper career, journalism career, uh, you know, different publishers and editors who were really instructive. Uh, here at the Wisconsin State Journal, Phil Blake and Jim Burgess were two publishers who saw a really young, and I was really young at the time, person who uh, they thought they maybe could put some trust in and, and have, have me experiment on some things and push the envelope a little bit that way. Um, I would say, uh, you know, at a... <laughs> At a, at a personal level, level my, my own mother 
was this incredibly upbeat person all the time and stressed, you know, the notion of being positive and how you, you probably wouldn't, you, you're rarely going to go wrong by being positive. I mean, sometimes you get some blowback, but not all that often. Um, I think about uh, some of the folks who helped out when we were starting the, the tech council uh, over time. Some great uh, board chairs uh, in that position. We've only had four in the entire history of the tech council. Uh, Todd Lindstrom was the founding chair. Uh, Mark Buer, who is also director of University Research Park, was our, our chair for a good stint. Uh, Tony Sykes, who's still an entrepreneur doing great things here in the Madison area, and Greg Lynch. So those, I mean, those are those are four chairs who've uh, who've really helped. I think I I, I want to look back to it. It's somebody I never really worked for, at least directly, was another publisher, uh, a fellow by the name of Wayne Sheely. And, and he said, there are only two words you need to know, profit and longevity. And it's true. I mean, you, you gotta pay the bills, you gotta keep the lights on, and you gotta have a long-term view of where you're going, and you have to have the sustainability of an organization to get there. Um, so those are some examples. I mean, um, and, and, you know, right now, again, I, uh, this is kind of more at a personal level, but, uh, my wife is a kind of an inspiration to be honest. This is somebody who joined the army as a PFC, uh, went to officer's candidate school, became a, retired as a major at one point commanded a unit, uh, to treat union uh, wounded veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and now she's uh, working at the State Department of Veterans Affairs and in a leadership role there. And she's somebody who keeps me pretty straight and narrow and centered and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a long list. A lot of people who I'm I'm sure I failed to mention, but um, I'm grateful for the, all the advice over time. Tell me a little bit about what you do when you're not focusing all of your energy on writing uh, engaging columns and uh, focusing on all things tech council. What do you what do you do outside of that? Well, I mean, family, uh, you know, that's that's a big part. Uh, uh, I have uh, one, you know, kids in different places, a couple around here and a couple uh uh, well, one at least in uh, in college right now in uh, Mississippi, uh, so there's that. I play probably too much golf, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is okay except when my knee starts giving out. A um, lot of reading, like uh, uh, love little little word puzzles, which mm -hmm. I think kind of builds your your vocabulary and your ability to stretch your use of words. Absolutely. Um, so those are those are some of the things, but I do enjoy writing, and um, you know, is I it a stress reliever for you as well as um, a creative outlet? Yeah, and at this point, I think it's muscle memory. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've uh, I've written a weekly column for in various formats, paper or the tech council, for thirty years. So it's hard to break the habit, and I don't really want to. I interviewed Dave Cheslevich one time, and he talked to me about his process for writing columns. Do you have a process or a place that you go for creativity and to get everything flowing? I, I read a lot. I make sure that I'm up on news of kind of all different sources and angles. And 
And uh, that's, by the way, something else that entrepreneurs need to do. They need to keep up on the news, almost more than anybody, because of trends and things that might be coming at them that they don't see until it's too late. But I, I go through a variety of news sources. Um, I think about the timeliness of it, because uh, sometimes when the columns do and when the columns comes out is going to be separated by a couple of days. So anticipating the timeliness factor, uh, looking around and seeing, okay, what's kind of hot right now? What do what maybe do people want to know a little more about? And so they'll get that goes into the into the mix as well. And and then I kind of think of it as a triangle. I mean, where I do the bulk of my writing is the intersection of business, public policy, and technology. If I'm somewhere in that triangle, I'm I'm probably where readers would expect me to be, and where probably where I'm best at at uh, at writing. So. Those are some of the pieces. I've noticed in working with entrepreneurs that many of them are able to put together a successful pitch deck or they can do their you know, five-minute um, elevator pitch. But I've noticed that many really have challenges with press releases and, and things of that nature, submitting things for um, journalists. Can you talk about best practices for that? Because I feel like that's a valuable skill that entrepreneurs should have. Yeah, absolutely. And some of this will seem so simple, especially for someone like you, Nora, but <laughs> don't send PDFs. Send Word docs. I mean, well, so that things... It's so lovely to hear you say that. Yeah. I, I, it's totally it's, true. It seems obvious, but, uh, but yeah, you know, they, they can't take things out of a, a PDF easily, at least. Um, follow AP style, Associated Press style. Uh, and if you're not going to follow that, at least follow Oxford. And, 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 but follow something, at least, uh, you know, AP is very preferable uh, in journalism, as you, as you know. And so that's, uh, that's one, um, you know, think about the headline, uh, suggested headline, the, 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 the publication is going to write its own headline ultimately, but at least something that might work. Uh, think about is there really news here? You know, stand back and ask yourself, is this really news? This is something that's going to catch someone's eye. Um, so that's, that's a, big, a big part of it. Uh, brevity. Uh, news releases that are more than two pages are unlikely to be, you know, read that thoroughly or at all. Uh, so having something that's a page, page and a half, two pages, that's, that's kind of the ideal length. Uh, and know where you're sending it. Um, this is why it's so important to, to, to read what's going on in different publications. If you send something to a general, you know, Joe Smith at some place, well, okay, may not make it through the filter. If, if something is sent to an editor or a reporter whose work you have been following and you're, and you're able to do that, that, I think that's helpful. So those are some, some simple things. What is something that you, you have earned so many awards for your work? Um, you've been recognized on multiple occasions for the good, good work that you do. What are you most proud of? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I would say... 
I'm uh, proud that no matter what career I've been in, I've worked hard. Uh, you know, you don't always have to be the smartest guy or gal in the room. You just maybe need to work harder. <laughs> um, I'm proud that uh, we have uh, built the the Tech Council into, uh, you know, something that's useful to the state of Wisconsin and all the citizens here. I'm really pleased with that. I'm pleased to, over time, having had the ability to work with so many amazing people, whether it was in journalism or now at the Tech Council. Uh, I've, I feel like, for whatever reason, I've generally been pretty good about who I hire. And uh, and so that's that's really paid off over time for our team. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm proud that over time uh, I was able to leave a mark in the journalism uh, field, which continues through some writing today, but also uh, building the Tech Council from really a one-person shop, me, <laughs> and, and now you know a, a larger organization. What's next for you and for the Tech Council? Well, for me, uh, I am thrilled to be doing what I'm doing, and so that's that's really good. I don't have uh, a third career in mind. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I mean, you know, I suppose someday I, I retire, right, and, and maybe focus a little more on writing and some other pieces like that. Uh, but otherwise, um, yeah, right now, I think for the Tech Council, we continue to try to think about new ways that we can help people. For example, we have something coming up where uh, we want to be of more assistance to young companies that perhaps don't know how to navigate navigate federal channels. And and with the amount of dollars out there now through a variety of federal programs, that may be that may be something that that could be useful. Uh, so uh, one thing I'm not doing anymore, I was teaching at the UW-Madison uh, actually for 16 years in uh, the Life Sciences Communications Department, and, and I've stopped doing that in part because <laughs> this has gotten so busy, uh, but it, that, was, that was also fun. I, mean, I got to meet a lot of great young people who are on their way up and who many of whom I'm still in touch with. Well, Tom, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. I just, I really appreciate all that you do for Thank Wisconsin, you. all that you do for the Madison ecosystem. Um, it's the greatest. So thanks for doing all that you do. Oh, well, thank you for all that you and Starting Block do. But, you know, it's, it's a sign of success that our, um, our little world has gotten a lot bigger. And it's uh, good news for entrepreneurs, investors, and everybody who touches that world and the community at large. So really appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely. So Tom, um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with the Tech Council if they have additional questions? My uh, email is tstill, S-T-I-L-L, -L, at wisconsintechnologycouncil.com. Uh, and our uh, number is 608-442-7557. Uh, either of those can work. Um, and uh, yeah, look forward to hearing from people. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Innovate 608 podcast with special guest Tom Still, president and CEO of the Wisconsin Technology Council. I encourage you to check out their website, be in touch with Tom, give him and his team a call. They'll be happy to help. Thanks so much.
That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Innovate 608 podcast. What's the most innovative thing you've done this week? Record a message all about your innovation and send it to us in an email at innovate608 at startingblockmadison.org. Be sure to check out the Starting Block Madison Facebook page for video clips and episode outtakes. Remember, innovators, do one thing every day that is slightly outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thanks so much to the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact for sponsoring this episode. See you next time.